Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning to each and every one of you. Hope you all had a great weekend. Welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers right here on Chatterbox Sports. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., to high noon Eastern time, you can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask that you please subscribe to the show. You can also find us on Facebook. We ask you flip the notification switch on if podcast or more your cup of tea. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Look, we're going to continue to say our prayers first and foremost for DeMar Hamlin and his family. Also like to say thank you for all of those in law enforcement today. This is Air Day across this great country of ours. Please support all that they do for each and every one of us each and every single day. Thank you. All right, here we go. Bengals didn't look all that great, but let's face it, they didn't have to look great. If they win, they knew they were home next weekend for the opening round of the playoffs, that they did, and that they are. Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16 in a very uneven game at Paycor. Joe Burrow admittedly was mediocre at best. He missed some throws, including a couple of touchdowns. But at the end of the day, it was good enough to secure an AFC North title for the second straight year. Bengals have not done that since the 1980s. The Bengals will tee it up with the Ravens again in the wild card round. That's a 3-6 game. It's Sunday night at Paycor, 8-15-P. Now, one of the big questions, if not the single biggest question, after yesterday's game is the health of starting guard Alex Kappa. He injured his ankle yesterday, had to be carted back to the locker room. That's two starting offensive linemen hurt over the last three weeks. They had gone the whole year with the same five guys. So now it's Lyle Collins. We don't know about Kappa. We'll wait and see and talk more about that with Dan Horde coming up a little bit later on. The rest of the AFC playoffs, we know that Kansas City is the number one seed after the win over the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, not too bad. I guess. Not too bad. Number two, Buffalo hosts Miami Sunday at 1 o'clock. The two teams have split two games during the regular season. Casey, do you have the clip of the opening kickoff? I do. I got to tell you, you know, there are moments in sports, moments in life, where, I mean, if this isn't an act of God, I don't know what is. So here the Bills are at home. Everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin, Uh, His recovery continues to progress. And then they play yesterday against the New England Patriots, the opening kickoff of the game. Here it is. And I know this is your time. You like to keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati. And now... 
Uh, it, it was just unbelievable. I mean, if that doesn't give you chills, I'm not sure what in life Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner, the Dunst brand, and say, I'm not so sure what would give you chills. Yeah, I mean, what a moment. What a special moment for that team. And there's also something else. It was like three years ago and three days from that date that last time they had a kickoff return return for a touchdown, something like that. So it's even more. The number three. Yeah, the number three. Yes. And if you don't know, DeMar Hamlin, he's number three. Yes. So it was just a very wild moment for all those Bill fans. It was amazing. Paul, you're looking good in that TCU sweatshirt, big boy. We'll get to that in a little bit. One last day to wear it. Well, yeah, maybe. but you know what? It's pretty tired you're wearing it. Maybe tomorrow. Because you picked against him in the semis. <clears throat> Might be picking against him again. Oh, my. <laughs> get it off. <laughs> no way. Take I'm wearing it, it tomorrow if they win. They lose. We'll I should have worn it today. I'll wear it tomorrow after they win the national championship tonight. Back to the NFL. Jacksonville knocked off Tennessee over the weekend to take the AFC South. Jacksonville hosts a five seed, the LA Chargers. That's a Saturday night game. Over on the NFC side, the Eagles nailed down the number one seed in the postseason with a win over the Giants. Jalen Hurts is still in a lot of pain. He did return for Philly for the first time in three weeks. And now with a bye, has a full two weeks to heal that wounded shoulder. Elsewhere in the NFC, Green Bay. Can you believe it? I mean, they're at home. Lambeau. All they got to do is win to get the final playoff spot with a win over the Lions. But Detroit goes on an eight-minute drive. Fourth quarter for a touchdown. Took the lead and hung on to eliminate the Packers 20-16. to Is that Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer? Time will tell. Seattle won early in the day over the Rams in overtime. So Seattle gets a number seven seed. And I got to tell you, uh, we talk about a lot of coaches in this league. Pete Carroll has been a great coach for a long, long time. I'm not so sure this is not his best coaching job ever. If anybody would have told you that Geno Smith would start the year as Seattle's quarterback and that they would reach the playoffs, you'd have said you're out of your mind. And Seattle's defense really isn't even that good anymore. But here they are in the playoffs. And it's going to be a short trip in the playoffs because they play San Francisco in San Francisco Saturday afternoon. Minnesota is a three seed. The Vikings host the Giants Sunday at 430. Boy, Dallas laid an egg. I mean, they look terrible. Were killed by the Washington football wizards. But... They're the number five seed. They'll play at Tampa Bay on Monday night. The two teams you may remember met in the season opener this year with the Bucks winning in Big D. That's when Dak Prescott broke his thumb. I never remember a playoff game being played on a Monday night. Is this the first time ever? No, they've done it. It uh, was last year last that they started. Year. I got to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to either team. Do we know who got scheduled it? That, yeah, that it's game. Tampa Bay and Dallas <sighs> playing in Tampa. I, I just don't think it's fair. Um, I know that ABC, ESPN is spending a ton of money, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to do Monday night football. 
Um, it'll be great to watch. Gives us another night of playoff football to watch for the weekend. But to, to ask those two teams to turn around then, one of the two, and to play the following weekend, I, I just think it's wrong. I mean, I guess maybe they could, like, potentially make that team the Sunday night game, right? Like, maybe maybe they throw a bone. Like, I imagine both those teams, America's team and Tom Brady, like, regardless of who it is, yep. it's going to be worthy of a primetime spot in no the playoffs. Doubt. Like, they're not going to get the 1 o'clock game, more than likely. They're going to get, like, a 4 or an 8. Well, I just it, it just seems like it's unfair to me. Uh, in other news, the Texans fired head coach Lovey Smith just hours after the team's 13th loss of the season yesterday. The Browns reportedly are letting go of defensive coordinator Joe Woods after his second straight season. Cleveland lost to the Steelers 28-14. College football, the national championship game tonight in L.A. Go Frogs! Go Frogs! I'm not going to ask you to do it, Paul. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> the TCU Horn Frogs under first-year head coach Sonny Dykes hit it, Paul. Leader of men. Leader of men is right. Trying to pull off the major upset against number one and defending national champion Georgia. The Bulldogs, by the way, are trying to become the first back-to-back -back champion in the college football playoff era. Kickoff set for tonight, 7.30 p. Kendra Miller, by the way, the outstanding running back for um, TCU is 50-50 on if he'll play after getting injured in the semifinal win over Michigan. College Hoops, number two, Houston beat UC yesterday, 72-59. Cats are 11-6 on the year with a home game this week against East Carolina. On Saturday, Paul, your Xavier Musketeers, a little history for the Muskies. Yeah, big one for Xavier. Big, big, big game for Xavier. I mean, there's a chance... Numbers 11 through 17 all lost this past week. So I'm not saying that they're going to be number 11 today, but there's an argument to be made. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I think there's an argument to be made for them to be in the top 10. Oh, I, I think the way they're playing right now, nine-game winning streak, wins over Connecticut, now Villanova. Chance this week you're playing Creighton and Marquette at home. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're, they're playing great, and I know I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but uh, you watched this team the last number of years, and it's no knock on Travis Steele. But when they brought back Sean Miller, they brought back one of the top 10 coaches in college basketball. This guy has got it going on. 88-80 the final there. The Musketeers, as Paul mentioned, have won nine straight, 13-5 on the year. Maryland beat Ohio State in College Park yesterday. Number one, Purdue beats Penn State. And Northwestern knocked off number 15, Indiana, 84-83. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see any of that game because we were down at the Bengals, but I went back last night, and, uh, yeah, that was ugly. That's a game Indiana needs to win at home. I don't know. I mean, I know they got some injuries, but tough one. Tough uh, one. Hey, you're going to have tough ones over the course of the year. Uh, by the way, how was the Chatterbox get-together, of which I was not invited, until the very last minute Trace Fowler must have been feeling guilty, sends me a text about, hey, you want to come on down? How was a big chatterbox bash yesterday at the Bengalis game? It was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, we all had a really good time. Uh, you guys all drink White Claws down there or High Noons or something? You know, there was a White Claw booth on the way into the game. And I was very <laughs> tempted to get a picture or maybe give you a call, Tom, and see if maybe you wanted to come over and join us. 
Well, I can assure you, uh, I was fortunate enough, good friend of mine, Tom Teffy, he invited a number of us from a neighborhood down. We had six guys, brought our own tailgate, brought up on the, tied it down on the top of the SUV, little fire pit thing, brought some hot dogs down there. There you go, Tom. Chicken. Make it happen. Cold beer or two or nine. Champagne of beers? Uh, Not yesterday. Oh. Went on the lighter side yesterday. You got to stay lean and mean. You know what I mean? Got to stay lean and mean. All right, boys, let's get to this game here. Uh, we have hundreds, if not thousands, uh, that are in on the chat, and we thank everybody for being here. Um, Joshua's here. AJ Everett says, White Claws. Let's go. No White Claws. Come on. Come on, Everett. Superboy Wonder. Something about a Long Island iced tea in the owner's suite at Paycor. I was definitely not in a suite. Definitely not. Did not sit down the entire game. Did you guys sit down? No. no. Not really. Yeah. No. Well, it, it not, not really. It's, it, there's no not really. It's like, you know, are you pregnant we were, or not pregnant? Uh, wait, it's either yes or no. I mean, are we counting when the game halftime? was going. Are we counting halftime? Yeah. When the game oh, was no. going on. I'm talking about when the game's <laughs> going on. No, when the game was going on, we were standing. Okay. All right, uh, fellas, look, um, I, I think everyone agrees. I, uh, Joe Burrow admitted as much, said after the game he missed some throws. He had that wide-open touchdown. Uh, and here's what he had to say after the game. Casey, please roll it. Oh, hang on. All right. Uh, we're going to have to play better next week to get the win, uh, especially me. So it's great to get the win, but on to the next week. What, what was this feel like in there as you celebrated? What, what was that feeling like to celebrate? It's always nice to Celebrate with the guys that you work so hard with and to achieve something together. You know, it's, a, it's a special feeling that I don't think a lot of people get to experience. And so it's always, I always cherish those moments. Is it any different maybe given how the week went for you guys from Monday to now? I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was a long week. It was a long week. I think, you know, guys started feeling better at the end of the week when we started getting some good updates. Uh, but at you know, the beginning of the week, it was, it was tough. You just referenced your play. I think we all agree uh, the Bengals are going to have to play a lot better this Sunday night to beat the Ravens. You know, when you get in those divisional matchups, and look, the Bengals opened a 17-0 lead in the game. Uh, I'm not sure there was more than a play or two where if you're sitting there watching on television or at the game, you didn't feel like they had it in hand. Um, but they were not sharp. Um, the Ravens decided to sit a number of players in the game. We'll wait and see on whether or not Lamar Jackson is back this week at quarterback. Uh, they, they, they sat the former Bengal, Kevin Zeitler, all-pro guard. He did not play. J.K. Dobbins did not play. Um, and there were some... There are still, in my opinion, some questions about the defense, and allowing the run. I mean, Baltimore clearly was not at 100% yesterday. Now, the Bengals got a lot of backups in there, too, once they opened that lead. So it's really hard to, to gauge. It felt to me, you guys tell me if you agree, it felt to me watching the game like both teams were sort of prodding and poking to look around for what was coming this coming week. 
That's the way it felt like to me. Yeah, that was the same vibe I got, Tom, where you just kept thinking to yourself, okay, what are the Bengals going to show in this game? What are they not going to show? What are they going to hide? What do they not want to give away to the Ravens before a game that actually means something? Now, I know you had a little bit to play for here. You get to play at home in front of your home fans next week. But you're already going to the postseason, and you pretty much already know that you're going to play the team that you're playing right now. So whether it's at Paycor or whether it's out at M&T Bank Stadium, what's it matter really when you're talking about the scheme on the field of what you're going to show to the other team? So I, I don't know if the Bengals really gave away everything in this game. I, I think they uh, probably held some stuff back. At least that's the way it seemed to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. They they did not show their complete hand. Yeah, and, you and know, I'm we, not sure we, Baltimore did either. To be completely honest, and, and look, yeah. let's face it: if that kid, God bless him, but if that kid starts a quarterback again for them, I mean, I don't know what Huntley's deal is, and of course, we're all waiting on Jackson, but uh, they, they have no chance. Well, it was interesting looking at the opening lines for the game that there were contingency lines out there where it was five and a half for the Bengals if Lamar played, eight and a half for the Bengals if, uh, if uh, Huntley played, and then if uh, the kid yesterday, Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown I was going to say Antonio Brown, Anthony Brown played, it was a 10-point line. So it just goes to show, I mean, nobody knows what's going on. Now the Bengals right now are five-and-a-half, six-point favorites. But, yeah, nobody knows what's going on with the – what's Lamar going to do? You have to think he's going to play, right? Well, I mean, you know, I, I love the line that Brian Billick had last week, uh, and he's going to join us today. Dan Horde, by the way, is coming up at 1130 to talk the Bengals. The game yesterday, more about the upcoming game and what he expects. Uh, but Brian Billick will join us at 11 to talk about a number of issues around the NFL. He called the game yesterday, uh, filling in on Ravens radio, their local broadcast. So he was right there front and center. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be able to speak to, you know, were they holding back? Were they not holding back? Et cetera, et cetera. Both teams. Uh, but, you know, th th we talked about it on Friday of last week a little bit with Brian, th this Lamar Jackson thing, and his line that I loved was, there's a time to pay and there's a time to play. We have not seen Lamar Jackson in four weeks. I will never, have never, and will never question a person's pain tolerance, injury, how severe it is, but look, it's only natural to start weaving all of these things together with this contract situation. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year. He was looking for more guaranteed money than the contract that was given to Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's a great player. He ain't in the same galaxy with Patrick Mahomes. Not even close. So, you know, Casey, you brought this up a number of weeks ago before Jackson was even hurt. That if you're Baltimore, are you going to pay this guy? And I think we all agree the Ravens have not done a very good job surrounding him with a lot of skill talent, right? J.K. Dobbins is a really good back when he's healthy. Injures his ACL. Didn't come back really full speed until about the last two, three weeks. He sat him down yesterday, as we mentioned. He's a good back. And the other kid's a good back. But as far as wide receivers are concerned, you know, they've taken a flyer on this guy, a flyer on that guy, brought another guy back who had left and gone to Green Bay and all this kind of thing. But whoever the quarterback is there next year, the Ravens are going to have to decide what they want to be. Do they want to be this ground and pound, run the ball all the time kind of team? If so, why bother to go get receivers? Or 
Do they want to be a team that can start slinging it around a little bit, in which case they got to go get some players? Agreed. Um, yeah, it's really hard to look at the Ravens and not just be worried about them in the future um, if you're a Ravens fan. I mean, if they don't sign Lamar, it, it's going to be a brutal process on offense to get this team to be where it needs to be. Um I mean, I, I know I sat up here earlier in the season and said Tyler Huntley, I think, would have been a better quarterback. Um, I've since kind of changed my uh, – shift my opinion because the, the the team itself is really struggling without having those receivers. I yep. mean, they, they need they need some, some guys to threaten and stretch the secondary. They need guys to be able to – get that eighth man out the box. You know, they, they talk about bringing, dropping down that safety. Um, that's all, that's all you really need to do. But when you have Lamar in, in the backfield and you have to worry about his elusiveness, it's almost like that eighth guy isn't as big of a benefit for the Bengals or whoever's playing yeah. as it would for other teams. And so I feel like if you're the Ravens, Personally, I would not. I would not sign him. After what's been going on, he's been hurt, and he's been hurt for an extended period of time. Two years in a row. Two years in a row, and even if he is just kind of holding out to try to burn the Ravens a little bit to make them want to give him a contract, I think it's actually going to backfire in the long, in the long haul. Well, if I'm not mistaken, since he has gone down, and this is where you get into the whole thing—the chicken or the egg, right? I mean. If you're him, in your absence, I think they're averaging right around 12 or 13 points per game, right? With him out. Yeah. Well, they were averaging a lot more than that with him in there. Uh, and look, it's a different animal. It's a different cat altogether, man, if the Bengals have to face this guy this coming week. The Bengals are a better team. There's no doubt about that. But the Ravens' defense is pretty good. Uh, and it's a whole different element if Lamar Jackson is on the field. The Bengals report, by the way, is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. The other big story from the game yesterday is without a doubt, I mentioned in the monologue, Alex Kappa. Now, we don't know, and Zach Taylor would not comment. Up, he said point blank he didn't know right after the game as to what the future is for Alex Kappa. Uh, he injured his ankle during the game. And by the way, we'll get to this in a minute. Some felt there was a lot of dirty play going on out there. Uh, the Bengals, especially on defense, they would not name names. I think Cam Taylor-Britt was the closest to coming out there. Uh, but a lot of the Bengals defenders felt there were some cheap shots, some plays through and beyond the whistle in the game yesterday uh, that was going on. Uh, but Kappa was not injured in one of those kind of plays. Uh, he injured his ankle. He, you know, was helped over to the sideline, eventually needing a cart to get him back to the locker room. Well, I understand he was, he was um, you know, unable to walk in the locker room after the game. 
this potentially is a huge blow for the Bengals because many feel like he is the heart and soul of that offensive line. Agreed. Um, definitely played like one of the best offensive linemen on our team. And, you know, I, I'm not going to dwell on this long, but I am pretty pissed off that the Ravens get to sit their guys. They, they were afforded the opportunity to sit their guys, whereas we had to play to win in order to get our home field advantage. I mean, it, take away the dirty plays you play a game in football and there's a likelihood that there will be an injury at some point and the fact that it happened to our best offensive lineman that's a victory for the Ravens it's a victory they, they, they don't care that they lost they wanted to a scout us B play the game in See if you can come away with some small victories. And that was a small victory for them. So you, you don't feel like the Ravens had anything to play for yesterday. Now, one could say that John Harbaugh felt the same way by sitting down Zeitler and Dobbins and some other guys and not starting them. Uh, but, I mean, look, you know, if they win that game yesterday, they're a coin flip away from playing in Baltimore next week. Yeah, but it's still, it's still up to chance. Like, I don't think in their mind – why why even leave it up to chance like they don't they don't control that which is again we 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 talked about this uh last friday i mean they're in just about a spot as the Bengals, in my opinion but they decided to go the other route where they conceded having home field advantage yep to get scouting and to just see what happens in that Bengals game maybe you get lucky with a, a couple of few injuries and you uh now have an advantage that you didn't have before you know the Bengals could have rested their guys but they had to play if they wanted home field advantage well not only that they had to play to find out if they had a chance for the two seed for the two seed which again kind of stinks that there's not like a I I understand they both play the same amount of games whatever it's still not I'm not going to sit up here and complain I did that Friday and I did that a little bit this morning you did. It you just, walked in I'm, with the quote unquote. You walked in. You walked out Friday with a red ass, and you walked in today with a red ass. <laughs> yeah, you did. I did. You thought it was a huge conspiracy uh, by well, the NFL, but what uh, going back to Kansas City and all that kind of thing, and yeah. changing the rules about win percentage, which were already put in place. Yeah, but I mean, my mindset now is just focused on demolishing the teams now. Okay. Just, yes. Uh, just demolishing the rest of the teams throughout the playoffs. But what I will say is this, the Ravens got what they wanted, 100%. And I keep failing to mention Mark Andrews, by the way. Didn't play. Yeah, that was another guy. So you had Lamar who was out. And now think about this for a second, okay? Everybody take a step back, all right? Let's pretend the Bengals played in a game yesterday where Joe Burrow didn't play. I think we all agree Andrews is their best offensive weapon in the passing game. So let's make an equivalent, even though they're different positions. Let's draw the analogy of, say, Jamar Chase not playing. Let's also say Joe Mixon didn't play, because that's the equivalent for them of J.K. Dobbins. And let's say for a second that uh, pick your best offensive lineman, Kappa, whoever, right, Karras? Let, let's pretend one of them didn't play. 
Zeitler didn't play in the game yesterday. So, if all of those guys are back, and three of the four are definitely going to be back, in Dobbins, Zeitler, and Andrews, we don't know, as we mentioned about Lamar Jackson. But that is a very different Baltimore Ravens team that's going to come rolling in here for Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. If a we... team, remember, that beat the Bengals, even though the Bengals shot themselves in the foot with terrible play calling in that first game, they should have beaten Baltimore. I was going to say, that's a game that the Bengals should have won. Yes, like they if, should. if you're looking back at that game and you're thinking, oh, the Bengals split the Ravens this, week, this year, <laughs> they, they lost in Baltimore, that was a Sunday night game. Yeah, bad juju on Sunday night against the Ravens. Ah, see, I don't, I don't know if I buy into that because that was a game that the Bengals didn't win but probably should have won, could have easily won. I don't know if they should have. I always hate playing the should have game, but they could have easily won that game with some better play calling. Yep. And the, the Ravens did as much as they could do against the Bengals in that game, and it took a long Justin Tucker field goal at the buzzer to win the game by two. So if you're looking back at that Ravens game from all the way back when the Ra- the Bengals were basically a different team than they are right now, for sure, yeah. that game and doesn't concern me as much. It, what it, concerns it, me is just the status of the two teams right now. Interesting yeah, and, point here made by Andrew, which I think is very interesting. I, I, whether or not you agree, you tell me. But Andrew says, to me, the Ravens think they're better than the Bengals. You don't sit guys with a chance to host a playoff game if you don't think you're better. That's true. But, you know, I think John Harbaugh is arrogant, but, you know, he, he is notorious for the analytic stuff, for going forward on fourth down and believing in his guys. I mean, you can't fall. He's a good you coach now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he is Big time coach. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying that he has full confidence in his team. Yes. So, of course, he's going to think that he's got the better team. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he beat us. What, whenever that's a fact, he beat us Sunday night, week, yeah. whatever, seven or eight. I still think, even after all this is said, the Bengals will still win. I don't think that they'll lose because if Lamar plays, he hasn't played in a month. Great if, point. And hadn't even practiced in a month. Yeah. I mean, my fear with this game in particular is that this is a very tough matchup. This is a AFC grinded out game. It's going to be very high stakes. Um, This is going to be brutal. I mean, they're going to be going after each other. No doubt. You don't want to see more injury. You don't want to see more damage to this team in the nucleus that we've built. I mean, that's, that's why I hated that we had to play our starters this game because we're going into it not at full strength or not not what we could have been we're going into it hurt limping we've gone into it with a potential mindset and i don't think this is what they're thinking but they didn't play great and what if in their mind some of them are a little less confident now and it just takes a tiny bit, just a tiny crack. But despite all that, I still think they'll win. <laughs> I do too, but, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, uh, you know, Burrow was under some pressure yesterday. Uh, we got our first look playing regularly from a new right tackle. 
Now it's potential that uh, Karras' backup, or Kappa's backup, forgive me. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his Sharp name? Pick. Yeah, he started 33 games, second-round pick in 2019, started 33 games for the Texans. Bengals got him off a waiver claim, uh, and he's a guy who came in yesterday uh, and figures to be the starter if Kappa can't go this week. So we'll talk more about that. We're going to talk about the um, College Football National Championship. We'll also get into some of the other matchups around the NFL. Now we know the playoff schedule. That and more coming up next on Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Gentlemen. Yep. yep. It's that type of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. So... This is the best part of the show. You should just, I was going to say Wait. you should just leave it. This is the best part of the show. Yeah, we really need to get some ad on that door. Yeah. Uh, Casey, you have, you know, I was going to say to use your stink list here, but I think we leave that for Tom. I just kind of want to show. Okay, go ahead. I, I want to show this because okay. we were all in agreement that Joe Burrow was a little off, right? Sure. Even at Joe Burrow's a little off. Yeah. He manages to do stuff like this, guys. Mm. Oh, a no-look throw. Perfect to Tyler Boyd. You know who does that really well? Yeah, you know, I... You know who does that really I think, well? I think a quarterback that we all know. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes does that real yeah. well. Yeah! Patrick Mahomes does that real well. Yeah, he does. And you know... <laughs> what's crazy... <laughs> It's yeah. that there is no attention on this whatsoever. We might be the only company in in the whole flipping United States showing Joe Burrow throwing a, a no-look pass because that's the new hot thing. I'm just saying there is a clear and obvious, clear and obvious favoritism to Patrick Mahomes. But that's not the point of this. The point of this is, even at Joe Burrow's not-so-great days, he's still pretty damn good, guys. I mean, he is elite. Joe? I mean, yeah, he was 25 for 42 or whatever he was, and he still had a great afternoon. I mean, I you, mean still, like, you still think about what he did and what he didn't do, and you still feel like he did as well as he could have done under the circumstances in the second half when you're – just trying to win a game but not show as much as you need to show. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah, I mean, so, I, yeah. so I just wanted to say, if there's any doubters out there about this game, which I don't think there's very, very many, Joe Burrow's elite. And that play just kind of shows it. Tom? Well, there's no doubt Joe Burrow is elite. I mean – you know, Even at his worst. I've said, well, you know, look. Did he you was see not this good play? yesterday. You say whatever you want. He, he was not good yesterday. Okay, I think he, I, that plays unbelievable. I'm, I'm giving you that. But I'm saying, you know, he admitted himself that there were plays he's going to have to make this coming Sunday night that he did not play, he did not make in a game yesterday. And, and look, everybody can have an off day. But now you can't. There's no such thing as off days anymore. No chance. None. And Burrow has proven 
that when he plays in the biggest games, whether it's his college career, his very young pro career, that he's at his best in the biggest games. But there are no more hiccups. None. You got the Ravens divisional game. A lot of dislike between the two teams. You've got them then potentially a trip to Buffalo the following week. If Buffalo beats Miami and the Bengals beat the Ravens. And then you're going to have to play the AFC championship game if you can get past Buffalo against, you know, any number of teams. The number one seed is Kansas City. The only chance the Bengals can have to play in the AFC championship game at home is if somehow, someway, the winner of the Jacksonville Chargers game is able to shock Kansas City at Arrowhead. And if you had, if you were a betting man, you would think the Chargers would have a better shot at being able to do that. Much more familiar with them. I think you have a better chance of seeing an upset in the playoffs from a higher-seeded to a lower-seeded team when you have division opponents because they know you inside and out. So for Buffalo this week, now, two has not been ruled out, correct? I don't think so. Okay, well, he had, you know, those concussion issues early in the year. We know all about those. One of them, of course, took place on that Thursday night right here in Cincinnati. He came in on his own prior, well, this time last week, uh, and said he was suffering from similar type of, um, you know, concussion-like issues. He did not play in the game yesterday. Now, when he played early in the year, Miami beat Buffalo. And they are, without a doubt, a different team when he's in there, even though most recently when he was in there, he was not playing very well. But division games are tough in the postseason. And talk about a tough road for the Bengals and what you would be talking about in a month, right? If we're sitting here on February 14th and we're talking about the Bengals as Super Bowl champions potentially, and you think of probably how this is going to shake out, right? I mean, there could be upsets, but probably how it's going to shake out to beat the Ravens, who is would be a well-earned, tough win, then to beat the Bills in Buffalo, then to go back to Arrowhead and beat a very hungry Kansas City team in Kansas City. No doubt. And then potentially, think about this, potentially in the in the Super Bowl, you're playing, I mean, look, they're, whether it's the Eagles or the 49ers and your guy, Brock Purdy, or the Cowboys, whoever it is, it's not going to be the Vikings. Cause Vikings are losing this Sunday because they got stuck at 4.30, not 1 o'clock. Huh. Tough loss. Tough L for them. All right, L. let me ask you boys. Go ahead. Finish your thought there. No, I, I, I just mean I think that this is setting up to be – we talked last week. I made the point that there could be some some doubters to this – an asterisk for this Bengals Super Bowl run because of what happened in the Monday night football game where, oh, well, you didn't play the game. So now there's no asterisk to this run now when you look at how it's setting up and what the Bengals are going to have to overcome. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there'll be a single doubt, right? Like, we're not getting we're not getting the easiest path. We're getting probably the toughest path. And I don't that's, think there's any doubt about that. No doubt. And there's so, no so, doubt that yeah. the, the, whoever wins this Ravens-Bengals game uh, has the toughest path in the postseason. No doubt. No ch- yeah. And so, to me, that, that's – to me? I'm well, outside of, outside of that Jacksonville Chargers game. They would have the toughest path. Oh. But I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 All right. Let me ask you a question. Um, if you had to pick, an, and apparently, Paul, you've already made yours. 
based on a 430 kickoff. I hope there's more to it than just that. No. As Tom Cruise once said in A Few Good Men, right? Or actually, Jack Nicholson was the one who said that, right? A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. One of the great movies of all time. Great flick. Um, if you had to pick one upset for the playoffs this weekend, an upset is going to be measured, in my opinion, and for this show, as a higher-seeded team beating a lower-seeded team, or vice versa, however you want to say it. If there's one upset special for either one of you, do you have one, or are yeah. the favorites across the board? No, the Giants. I'm Giants. picking the Giants. You think the Giants are going to beat Minnesota in Minnesota? Yes, at 430. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not buying It's only Daniel a three-point spread. I don't care. I'm not buying I mean, Daniel Jones. Based off of your your prerequisites where it has to be a higher seed yeah loses. so like the chargers even though jacksonville are they favored jacksonville in that game by a, like a point okay and a half. so it's a wash but you know what i'm saying i mean i to me i think the chargers should beat the jaguars but i think that would be the biggest if the jaguars beat the chargers i think that would be the biggest upset to me i know that doesn't fit the, the I got requirement you. but i got you chargers are point and a half favorites i mean i Ooh, that would be crazy to me for Jacksonville to go to Kansas City, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Entian. I mean, there's no way Miami beats Buffalo, right? I mean, that's not even – like, that's an afterthought. I, I, can't, I, I can't even there's no There's no world where Buffalo loses at home to Miami. The, the right? only chance that can happen is if two is in there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the only chance it can happen. And, you know – Look, stranger things in this world have happened. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it. I'm not a gambling man anyway, but I, I, there's no way I, I'm betting on Buffalo to lose at home in the opening round. But again, I continue to get back to there is such a difference. And if you really follow the NFL for a long period of time, and many of you do, you guys do, the division games are by far the most difficult to play in because they really do know you. I mean, they, they know you better in some cases and maybe you know yourselves. And that's why they tend to be close games, tend to be a little more on the lower scoring side. Um, and look, you know, when, when you're the starting left guard for the Ravens, you know what DJ Reader's all about. It's not like seeing him for the first time and all of a sudden he hits you right in the mouth that first play of the game. You're going, oh, man. I know what I'm in for. You know what you're in for for the game starts. It's not like watching film on a team you haven't seen all year long. Right. So, you know, and look, there's a history there now with the Ravens. Okay, you go back to the game last year where the Bengals put up 525 yards of offense on them. Some people feel like the, uh, the Bengals ran it up on them. The Ravens were not happy. Um... There were comments, as I made earlier, that some felt yesterday got dirty. The Bengals players said it point blank, thought there were some cheap shots out there on the field by the Ravens' offense. Not the Ravens' defense, the Ravens' offense. Did you guys think there were cheap plays in that game? Now, again, somebody for Baltimore might turn around and say, well, what about the Jackson-Carmen play? That was a play through the whistle, guys out of bounds, Drives him straight into the ground. I wish we'd have seen more of that from Jackson Carmen the last two or three years, to be honest with you. <laughs> Am I right or wrong on that? No, you're right. He'd be right. starting you're for this on. team right now because he's talented enough to be a starting offensive lineman in the NFL for a decade. They haven't seen that kind of toughness about him.
But the Ravens feel like that's a dirty play too. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be a, a rough and tough match. But if you want to go blow for blow, I thought I thought the Ravens had more dirty plays. I, I wasn't really keeping track. I do know that we had a couple of uh, flagrant flare-ups here and there. Yep. Um, well, the only two personal the, foul penalties in the entire game were both on the same play, both by Bengals, for a face mask and Hendrickson on a late hit on the quarterback, right? I do believe so. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, just a little quick nugget here. Uh, they released the results of that vote from last week on the, uh, the, the rule change or whatever you want to say about yep. it. Yep. Uh, so there were 25 votes in favor uh, of, of that rule change. Four uh, four teams abstained, three teams voted no. The teams that abstained were Kansas City, Buffalo, Las Vegas, and uh, the Chargers. And then the teams that voted no were Cincinnati and Miami, and then also Chicago. Uh, so you had all playoff teams and then the Bears. <laughs> the Bears on the Bengals' side. But those those were the... Uh, seven teams that did not vote in favor, and the Bengals needed nine. They only got seven. Now, even if they had gotten the nine, there's not even a guarantee that the Bengals would have had two home games because they still would have had to go back and rewrite and figure out the rules. They would have still had to figure out some solution. No, no. but no, they would have just gone to the rule book and it would have been winning percentage. Yeah, but they would not have had that for the second round over Buffalo. No, they would be they stuck. They would have had three. to go to Buffalo. That's what. Yeah, that's they would what I'm be saying. stuck. At three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, I think they were fine with that. Honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I just, you know, the whole abstention thing. I mean, come on, come on. It's like a tie in soccer for crying out loud. Be a man, yay or nay. None of this abstention stuff. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? I agree I with mean, you. I mean, lay it out there. And why didn't they make these results uh, open to the public beforehand? Yeah. Now you... you're going to change the rules in the NFL, put it out there. Who voted for who? We should have known that on Friday. Why did the NFC teams get a vote in this? I don't know. That is well, kind of weird. Well, just because to change the rules, you have to have a 24. No, I know why. You, you know what I'm saying. I know why. I know why. I'm just Yeah. <clears throat> being the contrarian. The Ravens voted for it. Yeah, I know. It's... Tom, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this because we're getting to Dan, but we, we have to spend some time on this. What's that? There's something on the screen. Oh, is this a, a final version of Casey's stink list? Is this it? This is, this is the end of the regular season stink list. Okay. So we're going to have a, one more we're... after the Super Bowl, but this is it. This is the regular season. I cannot believe the first thing that just jumps off the map is that second column, the first team. I cannot believe you have a number one seeded team. By default. That is tied for the best record in the NFL. By default. They lost three games all year. And you mean to tell me you're putting them on the borderline good rather than title town? Wait, aren't the Seahawks? Where are the Seahawks here? Seahawks are... Seahawks are in the stink and they're in the playoffs? The so Giants, are the Giants, so the are the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, all three of those teams are probably one and done. So are the Dolphins. So are the Char... Uh, that's the Rams. 
But, you know, the Dolphins are way deep down there. I don't think they – if they don't have – if they have Tua, I think they move up a bit. But Could I you think, please just explain to me Kansas City? You don't, so you're putting Kansas City in the same boat as the Minnesota Vikings? Patrick Mahomes v. Kirk Cousins? Yep. Could you please elaborate on that a little bit? Well, you know. Some want to know if Skip Bayless made this list. (laughs) Go ahead, please, Casey. Explain how in the world. The Chiefs are, I don't want to say they're kind of fraudy, but. How are the Chiefs fraudy, Casey? I'd love to hear this. Because they can't manage the, they can't beat us, and they hardly, oh boy, they barely beat the Bills, and they got the number one seed by default. Okay, but that if, wasn't if the their Bills, fault. If, if that the doesn't Bills make them fraudy, though. That wasn't their fault. That's true, but they play in a terrible division. That they do. They play a very weak schedule. But that. we're not going to go into the schedule thing because everyone plays either a weak or a strong schedule. Whatever. To me, when I when it comes down to it, I just have a feeling they're going to get to the AFC Championship and fumble the bag again. Or, or they'll... The Jaguars will just completely surprise me, beat the Chargers, and then beat Kansas City. Oh I've really, I have really have, oh uh, have something God. in my back pocket. Oh you know, my God, this show has the gone to the tank. Lordy. But you know, let's take a look at this list again. You know, did you I just really... say somebody might beat Kansas? The Jaguars might beat Kansas City. Yeah, maybe. I mean, anything's possible. Anything's I get that, possible. but. You know, I really want to bring up one thing. All right, please do. And I I just now realized it, that there's kind of an oversight. The Lions should be borderline stink. I knew that was coming. I knew The that- Lions deserve to be in the playoffs. Yes, they do. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think if the Lions it's play the Seahawks shame. today, the Lions would beat them. I think it's a shame. Nine and eight. What a year, though, for the fight in Chris Fieldman's. He's a real man. He's a real man. Chris Bielman's a real man. And Dan Campbell's a real man. That guy yesterday, who doesn't want to play for that guy? You know what's interesting? Those four on fourth down late could have kicked a field goal. Well, I thought a couple of things were interesting, and I think Collinsworth was the one that made this point. Do you think they run that little hook and ladder play if they're going to try to make the postseason? Probably not, but they ran it in that game where they didn't have anything to lose. And you think back to some of the things that you, you – the way you decide to call plays in games that matter versus games that don't matter and things that work. And some coaches don't want to look like they have egg on their face when they're playing for something. Like if they were driving there to win that game yep. to make the postseason, if Seattle had lost, then it's a completely different scenario where if, if they run that hook and ladder and something goes wrong – Dan Campbell looks like the dumbest guy on earth, but they run it there where they have nothing to lose. Yeah. And on to- and I'm not criticizing him at all. I think it's great. I think it, it should be appreciated what he did and, and how he did it. Um, I, I just, I thought it was a ton of fun. I think the Lions were a ton of fun. I was, I'm fine being wrong on the Lions. I said they wouldn't win four games this year. I was looking great through five weeks and then not so much later. So yeah, no, they, they, uh, they had a great year, and I knew as soon as I saw this list, as soon as I saw this list and the little preview template, Casey, and I saw the Lions behind three other teams that stink, I go, how are they not at the borderline stink? I know. I knew that was oversight. coming. It was a complete oversight. Um, 
Yeah, they, they deserve to be in the playoffs. I think uh, it's a shame the way it all went down. But congrats, Dan Campbell. Yep. I'd, I'd like to officially stamp this as uh, the, the, the moment that I told you all to come back to <laughs> at the very beginning of the year when Brandon was still sitting beside me, that the Lions were a sneaky team. I think they proved it there. They were a sneaky team. They deserved it. Okay. Now, the, the other teams, right? From borderline stink to title towns. In this order, I think is the odds for them to actually make it to the to the Super Bowl. You have the Chargers okay. above the Cowboys. Yeah. To uh, make it to the, the Super Bowl, the yeah, Chargers I, are not very good. Everybody gets wrapped up in this well, whole that, charge. They're just not very good. Their offensive line has been decimated by injuries. And, and that doesn't hold a candle to the injuries they suffered on defense. Now they're in the playoffs. So, you know, their well, coach the, came under a lot of heat early in the year, rightfully so, about some fourth down decisions, et cetera, et cetera, that cost them from having an even better record than they ended up having. Their quarterback is very dangerous. There's no two ways. About it. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Who is more dangerous right now at quarterback, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if you had to play one, and, and they're going to play, but if you had to play one of those two teams right now, the Jaguars I, are feeling it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think Trevor Lawrence is the reason why they're very good. I agree. I, I think it's their run game. Uh, Travis Intian is really good. Um, and I think Doug Peterson has done an excellent job getting that team no to doubt. where it's at. Um, which you would have cashed in, actually, uh, Saturday night if you had listened to us on Box Lunch. It was like a plus 800 uh, bet for them to make it to the playoffs. So, I think Anyways. you ought to grow your hair, Casey, like Trevor Lawrence does. Yeah? That would be oh, a good please. look for you. By next football season, we could be close. One of you what? two should consider it. Now, Casey's getting married this summer, so probably not because the wedding pictures and all that, you know, you don't want him to look like he's got the mullet going or that kind of thing. Um, Paul? Well, I know I'm new to the chat, and you can kind of see my hair is, like, just killing me. It's just it's all over the place today. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've kicked it around. I think, the, I think the longer hair kind of makes me look a little older. I look like I'm 15 anyway, even though I'm 26. So maybe the longer hair would do me some. Grow, grow out the beard. Yeah, it I know. Was really good. I know it was. I I I didn't think I would uh, get much approval on that, and it sounded like I I did. So yeah, I should have. But okay. uh, oh well. All right. So those are that. So that's your playoff prediction. You're saying your upset, Casey, is Jacksonville, which I don't think is an upset. Oh well. I, I don't I think it's it an went... upset. I think Jacksonville is a better team than the Chargers. Well, Playing I don't. Better. I, I don't think. I don't think it'll happen. I, but I think that would be the biggest upset, is what I said before. And the the thing is, the Jaguars actually match up really well against the Chargers. If they, the Chargers cannot stop the run. Jaguars are really good at running the ball. The Jags have a pretty decent pass rush. That gets after the quarterback. You know, we're looking at a matchup here that I think people are not looking at and saying that this is going to be a close game. Most people think that the Chargers got this, but I don't, and you don't. I don't at what, all. What, 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 about, what about you, Paul? 
What? I mean, you got not too picky coming up, Paul. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to wait till Thursday to start making uh, yes, yeah, bets yeah. on the games yeah. or picks on the yeah. games, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're waiting until Thursday. All I, right. I'm, but, I'm, but your Giants. gut, if you just had a, a money line bet. Yeah. Thanks to our friends at Betfred. If you had a money line bet, before we get to uh, Brian Billick, money line bet Jacksonville or the Chargers, who would you take? Jacksonville. Okay. That's all we need to know. All right, kind enough to join us, former Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Actually called the game here yesterday in Cincinnati on uh, Ravens Radio. Uh, Brian, we were talking earlier, and thank you for your time as always. We were talking earlier that it felt like, you know, the Ravens sat down some very key players, especially on offense with Zeitler and Andrews and no Lamar Jackson and and um, – and, and J.K. Dobbins, it felt like there was just a lot of prodding and poking to kind of see what was this or see what was that, knowing you were probably going to play again, and that is now the case this coming Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to, to play teams twice in a division and, and knowing now you're going to do it for a third time. So um, I think they did take the approach that said, okay, we're going we're gonna to set some players down, be prudent, like a lot of teams do when they get, you know, the the, the change of their seating wasn't going to be substantial enough. The big question, obviously, is what happens with Lamar Jackson. But it was the tale of two halves. I mean, the first half was just flat-out ugly. I mean, it was dominant by Cincinnati. Ravens couldn't get out of their own way. Anthony Brown, the quarterback, struggled. But the second half, they they kind of rallied back around. And, and in watching the game, I, you could get a feel for – for Zach Taylor being a little concerned because having been in those games uh, when, when you, it's kind of one-sided and it's heading a certain way, you worry about the focus of your players getting a little diluted. And it looked like maybe that happened a little bit. But it's going to be an interesting game, not the least of which is just how healthy are the Ravens, the biggest question being Lamar Jackson, in bringing into this now the third time they're going to play one another. What's your gut tell you, Brian? I know you don't have a crystal ball. You were around some of the Ravens people, you know, maybe some conversations here, conversations there. What's your gut tell you about Jackson? Does he come back, you think, for the playoffs? I, I'm not sure. I, I think there's some angst about it. Uh, I think maybe, and I don't know this, I have no way of knowing, no one's certainly going to share the confidences with me in the regard, but I think there's a little frustration. I think Lamar Jackson, and whether it's right or wrong, may be getting some advice of, look, you don't want to come back if you're not 100%. I mean, some quarterbacks with a knee injury can come back and still function within the pocket and do the things they need to do. But that's not Lamar Jackson. And if and, and I think he may be being advised, look, if you can't be Lamar Jackson, you don't want to come back and not look good and, and not execute well. Because that's just going to muddy the waters about this contract conversation after, you know, and, and what that level of commitment is. So I think it has been strained a little bit. Uh, and, uh, uh, he, you know, he has not practiced. Uh, and even if he does come back and, 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 and do it on with just the week, certainly he is a dynamic factor. But uh, I don't know. I think there's, uh, we'll, we'll find out the rest of the story of that once the, the season's over. Because I think there is some angst there now between he and the club um some of the bengals defensive players commented after the game they wouldn't name names uh, they wouldn't name exact situations but felt or implied uh that the ravens played dirty football yesterday you were sitting there in the booth the whole game but did, did you see anything that, that made you feel that was true or no 
No, uh, not that I, you know, and that's such a fine line, you know, to, to, you'd have to, someone would have to define that for me. Uh, do, yeah, passions get out of control sometimes. Sure. It's a physical rivalry. They started to chip away at each other just a little bit. Uh, uh, and so certainly that can happen. Uh, and, and I imagine we're going to see that in the game uh, this week as well, because it is a rivalry and they are familiar with one another. Uh, but I can't say I saw any incident where I thought it was a late shot or a cheap shot or anything of that nature. Um, I'm assuming, and maybe I shouldn't, that if for some reason Lamar Jackson can't come back this week, don't they? I mean, if the kid's healthy, Huntley has to be the guy, right? I mean, they can't yeah, trot absolutely. Brown. God bless Brown. They can't trot him out there again on Sunday night, right, and have any hope to win that game. No, that would be problematic. Now, the problem is Huntley, I don't think he is 100%. I think yeah. that tendonitis in his shoulder is an issue, and he can't put the ball down the field. So that becomes the dilemma. Do we put a Tyler Huntley in, who I think has played pretty well. He did last year and to a degree this year. But he, he to put a Tyler Huntley in who can't push the ball down the field, that's a tougher question now. Are, are you better off with Anthony Brown, who at least has a strong arm and can do some things? Uh, but I think uh, that would be problematic to, to say Brown's going to go in again. But if Tyler Huntley's not 100%, then he's not going to be effective either. When you look at the rest of the opening round uh, of the playoffs and the matchups, Brian, I I I is there a game you find to be the most interesting? Look, I think that the Ravens-Bengals game is the most interesting game. I think the one that might get the most eyeballs on it uh, might be on Monday night with Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers playing against the oh, Cowboys. Sure. Before, before I get to w what, what you think would be the most interesting matchup of that opening round outside of the, the Bengals and Ravens, um, when, when you look at um, playing on a Monday night in the playoffs, and my understanding is last year was the first time that happened. If you're a head coach, Look, you're in the playoffs and you're grateful and thankful and you're trying to win the whole thing. But is that a big deal having to play on Monday night? No, you got to turn around and play on Saturday or Sunday the following week. Sunday, more than I, likely, I would assume. I think so. Uh, I mean, we don't play a Monday night game at the end of the season because it, it, it may involve playoff teams. and You don't want to give, you know, being a day short is a disadvantage uh, to, to the two teams involved. Um and particularly the traveling team. The home team, you could kind of make the case, but for the traveling team. So, yeah, and I understand it. They want to stretch it out over the whole spectrum. And, and uh, is it a huge deal? Is it a game changer? Probably not. As a coach, I would prefer not to do it uh, and, and be interesting to see what teams they are, they are picking to do that with. You talk about one of the most interesting games. I think the Ravens and the Bengals, hence that's why they're on the Sunday night game. Yeah, I think that is the, the, the most interesting matchup in this first weekend. I mean, they're all going to be interesting. Uh, the Giants and, and going into the Vikings and are the Vikings for real. Uh, you know, I heard you talking about the Chargers and the Jaguars. The fact that it's the Chargers, that West Coast, East Coast travel. I would agree that the, 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 uh, the Jaguars, which have been a great story. Uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers. 49ers are the real deal. And, and, but, but that, again, interesting, the familiarity. Uh, that these two teams, they too, just like the Ravens and the and the Bengals, these two teams have faced each other twice. So now that whole dynamic. In fact, I, I may, I don't think I'm wrong, but I think all of these teams have played one another, uh, which is an yes. interesting dynamic. 
You know, yep. you got the Dolphins, the Bills that are in the division. So, yep. so you got you got a lot of teams, a lot of people that are are uh, you know that familiarity, uh, which adds another dimension to it. Yeah, makes it a very interesting wild card uh, field. You know, uh, Brian, uh, you coached against, and, and certainly you broadcast a lot of games that Pete Carroll has coached in. Uh, he won a national championship, a couple of them at USC. He's won a Super Bowl as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I'm not so sure this year wasn't his best coaching job, maybe in his career, of any team he has ever coached. What is it about Pete Carroll that gets guys to play for I mean, if somebody would have said, Geno Smith's going to be your starter at the beginning of the year and you're going to the playoffs, somebody would have told you you're out of your mind, and yet here they are. Yeah, I think first he's fundamentally an outstanding coach. He has a good staff, that's, and they stick to that fundamental. They stick to their plan in terms of the way they play defense, the complementary way that they want to play offense. Um, they they hit on a quarterback and, and within a system that I think fit Geno Smith, so they tailored. Uh, and, and he was a good fit. I'm not saying that they changed what they did, but they found that Geno Smith fit very well with the style of play that Pete Carroll wants to play. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And as long as things are going good, the players are going to buy in. And, and they have that. He has some fun with it, you know. And, and and particularly in the role they're now, it's, hey, guys, we're on house money. You know, let's just go let this thing go, man. And let, let's see what we can do. Uh, and playing a very familiar foe. So I, I would I would not disagree with you with all the great years that Pete has had. Um, this may be the best singular coaching job. Because they're, they're a good team. They're not – an overly talented team, but going forward now, they're, 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 I mean, they had a great 22 draft and they got a lot of picks going into this draft. They're, they could load up and, and this could get real interesting for the Seahawks going forward. So now you're headed down to the Hula Bowl. Uh, what are you doing down there? Well, Mike Smith and I are the head coaches. We faced each other last year. Mike Smith, of course, is my brother-in-law, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, great fun uh, uh, coaching these young players. A lot of the players... Some back-end players, I think like 95% of the players we had last year went into an NFL camp. Not all drafted necessarily. But these are guys that, that – uh, the thing I enjoy about the game uh, compared to some of the other uh, uh, all-star games, these players need this game. These players are players that, that uh, aren't at the front end of the draft necessarily. Um, uh, I've got uh, Sean Clifford from Penn State as one of my quarterbacks. Yep. I'm excited. From Cincinnati, St. St. Xavier High School. And, and so there are a lot of guys like that that – so I found last year these guys were very receptive and they wanted they wanted to be there and they wanted to play compared to maybe some of the other all-star games. They just kind of go through the motions. And uh, uh, so it's it's going to be a fun. It's down in Orlando and we play at uh, UCF Stadium and uh, it's a fun week. So we've got a great group of coaches. You know, uh, uh, Ted Cottrell is my defensive quarter. Mike Tice is my offensive line coach. Uh, Kevin Sumlin's wide receiver coach Ron Turner is going to coordinate on the other side, um, so it's it's uh, a, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good information for these young players, a lot of experience for these kids to be around. Uh, Brian, we have a couple people in our chat that want to know what is that silver football over your left shoulder you have up there on the uh, on the shelf? What, is that a Super Bowl replica uh, trophy uh, kind that, of thing? Well, I, I say it's replica. What the Ravens don't know is I actually took the real thing and gave them the replica. <laughs> no, it is. Someone gave that to me. Uh, that uh, yeah, that's great. That uh, that in the Emmy. Those are my my two pride and joys. Amen, buddy. Amen, Brian. Thanks for the time. Any prediction on the? TCU Horn Frogs v. Georgia tonight. 
you asked me that before because I know your daughter goes to TCU. I, last time I think I said Georgia. This time I'll say TCU. Wow. Because now I at least I got a fit. Well, I'm just saying I got a 50 50 chance. When we do this next <laughs> week, it, it'll be 50% of the people think I'm an idiot, and the other 50% think, uh, depending on who heard what, that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thanks so much for your time. We'll catch you up again next week. Sounds good. Brian Villa, kind enough to join us on his way down to the Hula Bowl. That's cool. Sean Clifford. You know, that was a great ending to that story. Local kid here in Cincinnati, St. X High School. I mean, went through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, physically, uh, performance uh, during his, what, five, six years, I think it was here at Penn State, right? Six years. Yeah, and, and he goes out by winning the Rose Bowl. That was a great story. I mean, he's been there so long that Chase Wolf, who was at St. X after him, is now going to be a senior. That's exactly right. I mean, think about yeah. that. <laughs> and, and he's coming back to play at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, we had Steve Wolf, his dad, on a couple of weeks ago, and we'll get him on later in the year to talk about the uh, Xavier Musketeers. Tom, do you want to spend any time here now on, on the national championship? Let's tonight, spend a little bit of time on the national championship game, boys. Let's start with Kendra Miller. He is 50-50, uh, they say. Star running back for TCU. They have an outstanding backup who ran for uh, uh, 150 yards or so against Michigan. Uh, he did have a big fumble in that game, but nonetheless has gotten a lot of playing time during the season. Uh, let's start with TCU on offense. Holy Moses. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hamstring. Oh, sniper, take the other picture. Seriously. Oh, my God. Hamstring, sniper. Oh, cramp. Oh. That's what happens when you miss a day of running, boys. That's what happens. You start breaking down as a 59-year-old. What the hell are you laughing at? Are you okay? Yeah, you I, I'm right? serious. I just I, got I, the did, cramp got in my hamstring, for God's sake. I thought your chair broke. No. Oh. My leg broke. Oh, no. Boy, that hurt. Hey, get your attention. Good morning. <laughs> I thought your chair gave out. No. One of the legs on your chair was just oh, going. Oh, my God, that hurt. Yeah, that's, you know, when, when I, I missed a day of running yesterday and spent most of it drinking. So you start cramping up when you're 59. You know what you need, Tom? What's that? You might need some of this. This right here, I got it in front of me. The new premium alkaline water is Potty, P-A-H-H-N-I. Stuff is unbelievable, and hopefully it's going to heal his hamstring in a minute. Uh, they're right across the street here in Hamilton, Ohio. A bunch of former Procter & Gamble guys, a couple of them, putting this whole thing together. Potty uses natural limestone filtration, which is unlike artificial processing that many other brands use out there. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and we call it the best tasting water in the world. It is. Visit their website at pottywater.com. Again, that's P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. I'm back on my game. You know, that would have taken down most, most men my age would have taken them down. Tell me know what you are. The real man, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I'm sure I'm getting roasted in the chat <laughs> after that. Yeah, so boy wonder. I thought he had my back. Thought he had my back. Boom Shakalaka says Brenneman's a gamer. No doubt. <laughs> Sniper. <laughs> but back to the national championship game tonight before we get to Dan Horst. Um, now, you can say that, uh, well, it'd be a fact, 
I mean, Ohio State put up 40 on Georgia. And yep. Georgia has been known for defense. Statistically, I know their defense is, 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 you know, on par with the group they had last year. But it's not the same defense. It's still a really good defense. I think it's safe to say it's the best defense. Although many said that about Michigan. Because statistically, Michigan was right there among the top three or four defensive teams in the country. Now, there were two pick sixes in that game. What the hell are you laughing at? We're trying to have a conversation here. He's still trying to compose himself here. You got to get it together. I just rewatched it. You're parallel with the crowd. What? You are parallel (laughs) with the crowd. I am. I'm trying to straighten the thing out. My foot got caught in the little footrest underneath it, so I couldn't straighten out my my leg to get rid of the cramp. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. TCU, Georgia. We're back. All right, so. All right, J.J. McCarthy threw two pick sixes in that game, if I remember right, right? So, really, the TCU offense, Max Duggan struggled in that game, the quarterback of the Horned Frogs. He did not play a great game, but they won the game. Georgia's defense gave up 40 in a win to the team most people felt like was the best offensive team in the country in Ohio State. Let's start with TCU's offense. Can they score enough to win tonight against Georgia? Well, if there's been one question about Georgia's defense, and I know Trace will talk about this more on the box lunch in a little bit, it's been the secondary, right? And I, I don't know. I mean, can, can Max Duggan go out there and do what he needs to do? Can he throw a couple of touchdowns? I don't know if two's enough, though. I mean, I, this, yeah, this might I, be a high-scoring game. Yeah, to me, I think – I think the the issue is Georgia will have very easy control over the game. Really? Right? I, yeah. I mean, it's not even uh, to me. It's not a question of whether TCU can score. It's whether or not TCU can slow them down. Right. I mean, Georgia is a, a different animal to, than Michigan, in my opinion. At least when it comes to quarterback play and having a consistent run game here's what i will say though tom is you got to think back to this game against michigan with tcu michigan made some really stupid mistakes in that game and i and georgia and kirby smart will not make those mistakes and i'm not necessarily saying they were harbaugh's fault i'm just saying that what was it two three times michigan had the ball inside the 10 yard line and didn't score that doesn't happen that's 21 points for georgia right there that that they left on the board. And if that happens, if Michigan scores those touchdowns, the entire game script is different. And that game potentially plays out much differently in terms of how much TCU even scores because maybe they have to start forcing the issue and turning the ball over. So Michigan not scoring whatever it was, two or three times inside the 10-yard line, Georgia doesn't – that doesn't happen with Georgia. Georgia scores those touchdowns. And you would have thought that Michigan would have, but then they start running the – Philly special and everything yep. else. I just think that if that gets down to a situation tonight where Georgia is consistently knocking on the door, they're going to punch it in, and it that then it then it relies on Max Duggan. Can he come back the other way? And, and guy's a gamer, make something happen. Yeah, guy's a gamer, and he can run. He's going to have to throw it better in this game than he threw it last week. Well, do you have a score 
a score prediction here. Well, wait a minute. I want to find out what's the line and where's the money going because that's been fluctuating a little bit, right? Yeah, so it was at 12 and a half for pretty much the entire. I'll pull up what it well, is. Well, it came down from 13 and a half. Yeah, it'd been up at 13 and a half. Then it was around 12 and a half for pretty much the entire week. And now on Betfred, as I look at it, it was at 13 before the show. It may have jumped up even to 13 and a half. Um, I'm going to look at it right now. NCAA football, it is at 13 on Betfred, but there are other places where it's 13 and a half. All right, we're going um, by Betfred. And we are going by Betfred. So that's 13 up from the 12 and a half. The money and the bets almost all week have been 85-ish, 85% on TCU. TCU? On the spread, on yeah. On the spread. Oh, okay, okay, on okay. On the spread. Okay. Just in the last 12 hours, that has now flipped. 59% of the money is on Georgia. So a lot of the sharps and the big money have come in very late. They kept waiting and waiting and waiting all week. And then now at the last minute, all the big money has come in on Georgia at 12 and a half. And it's bumped up to 13. So take that for what it's worth. I say 42-24 Georgia. That's my prediction. 42-24 Georgia? That's Georgia in the over. That's what I say. Casey, you've I already think, said you think yeah, this is I mean, a Georgia manhandling of the Horned Frogs. Yeah, that's pretty pretty similar to what I think it would be. I don't know if I have got an exact score. Um, I'm going to give TCU 28. I'm going to give Georgia I'm gonna give Georgia 49. Oh, okay. Yeah, seven touchdowns in a row. Okay. Wow. I'm disagreeing. Vehemently disagreeing. Now, the Horn Frogs pull it out, thirty-four thirty. God, they'd be elected. They get a pick six somewhere. They get a strip sack and a fumble. Duggins on his game. TCU dub national champs year one of Sonny Dykes. Well, I would love that. Sonny Dykes, leader of men. That's exactly right. God, leader be, of men. That'd be electric. Yeah, that would be a, a great championship. Game. You know, I hope it's a good game. You know, I mean, I, I, you, you just hope it's an exciting game. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more than the two semifinal games, right? I mean, oh. as good as it gets. And normally, historically, in a college football playoff era, the semifinal games have been blowouts. Uh, and that was not the case this year. Each came down to literally the final play, figuratively, the final play of the game. To determine a winner. But you boys don't see that tonight. Got to tell you, pal. No, I think Georgia wins. Maybe TCU does keep it closer and inside the number at 13. But I I just don't see Georgia losing this game. Because I I don't see Georgia making the mistakes to let TCU win the game that Michigan made. Which is what it's going to take for TCU to win this game. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, as much as I want TCU to win, like I would love to see that. Yeah, I just I just can't picture. There's not a scenario. The Georgia team is just too well coached. Well, they they don't make many very many mistakes. Um, True. Yeah, that's just what it really boils down to. They they expose other people for their mistakes and keep their mistakes really low. Uh, Bill Belichick has uh, just made it known that he plans to return for his 24th season. Wow. As head coach of the New England Patriots. Patriots got to go get a quarterback. I'm sorry. 
You think that it's a quarterback issue? I, I think it is. I, I think they need a guy who is – look, Mac Jones, they get to the playoffs. You know, uh, they had a chance for the playoffs yesterday. They got there, I think, last year, right? Yep. They got eliminated in the first round. By the Bills. Uh, that, that, that's going to be what they are moving forward. And that division is not getting easier. I'll tell you, there are a lot of teams out there where the quarterback situation is going to be very, very interesting in the offseason. Derek Carr is out there. Is Tom Brady going to be out there? Is Lamar Jackson going to be out there? And if they are out there, where are they going? Could you see reuniting Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? No. (laughs) I think that chapter's done. Speak it into existence, Tom. Be the biggest story in the NFL by far. For years. It'd be the biggest story in the NFL. They got to do something. Told you Lovey Smith was fired. And by the way, the, um, you know, the play last night in the Green Bay game, it was ugly. Uh, Quay Walker, linebacker for the, for the uh, he's a rookie uh, for the Packers, and he was ejected from the game on sportsmanlike conduct when he shoved uh, a member of the Lions medical staff who was tending to the injured running back DeAndre Smith on the playing field. Walker took full ownership today, came out, tweeted for his apology. Uh, he said, I reacted off of my emotions again and take full responsibility of making another stupid decision. Since then, I've questioned myself on why I did what I did. When the trainer was just trying to do his job, I was wrong. So it's nice that he at least apologized. It was a bonehead play, but you give it up to the kid. And he's a kid, 22 years old. Bad mistake. Yep. Uh, but not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Doesn't mean he's a bad or evil guy. He's made a mistake. Nobody got hurt. Um, and, and he's apologized for it. We got Dan Horde coming up here shortly to talk more about uh, the Bengals. What do they do if Kappa can't play? Uh, any reaction, fellas, to the – go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say, do you want to roll through our picks here real quick? Oh, you know what? You're right. we got to do the picks. Let's do it. All right, here we go. So this was the record going – Brought in. to you by Betfred. Brought to you by Betfred. This was the, the – uh, the, hold on. I'm going to change the sponsor logo here. This was the uh, record going into the weekend right here. Right, where I was on quite a roll. Quite a roll. And it got trimmed it down to six. I thought it was closer than that. Here we go. No, that's what it was. I didn't okay. change. I haven't changed anything. All right. All so right. Let's go. First one. Chiefs and Raiders. Tom, you're a winner. Chiefs. Chiefs. Big. Ra- by Raiders, by the way, stink. Yeah. They're... I mean, they are really bad. And one thing I want to try to ask Brian Billick about sometime is th- this is another year where for like 20 straight years, <laughs> The Raiders are among the most penalized teams in all the football, if not the most penalized team. It, it, was, it was embarrassing watching them play in that game on Saturday. That, that's not NFL football. I mean, just, they had guys quit on plays and weren't trying to make tackles. It, it was awful. Go ahead. All right. Titans and Jags. Jags. Jags win, but don't cover. Tom, you're a winner. Wow. I have a feeling it's going south here soon. Uh, not so bad, though. Bills. You're 3-0. and 3-0. and mm. Bills win big. Bills. Casey. 
I am 0-3 right now. Oh, boy. Well, but Casey's going to make up some ground here real quick. That's why I say it's about to go south. Jets and Dolphins, we all went Dolphins. And uh, in a game that there was no touchdowns, Dolphins cover. Are you going to tell? Terrible football. Go ahead. We'll save that for another story. Save it it for Thursday. All right. Browns and Steelers. Tom, you switched your pick trying to make up some ground. I did. Got bit by the Browns. Yes, I did. Not a surprise. Because they stink. They're going to be better next year. Giants and Eagles, Tom, you and I took a shot on the huge spread. That was I, I should have stuck to my guns all year. I've not done this. And Eagles by six. That was that late winner. touchdown in that game. Yes. <laughs> right there on the edge. But even still, they were only down thir- 13. Yeah, you're right. I, mean, I understand. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Rams and Seahawks. Uh, man, I thought this game might end up. I thought the Seahawks might punch it in there at the end and we could at least push this. But no way. Casey's making a late charge. Mm-hmm. And then here's the big kicker. Boy. Casey, see, see, he's been with the Lions since week one. He has. The fighting Chris Spielmans. He has. And the last one. Ben Gowies. The Bengals. Cover. We sang the song and they still cover. Eighth straight week. They won and covered. And that's eight straight wins. For the Bengalis. Yeah. I did not mention that at the beginning. So here we go. Okay. Here's where we stand. Oh, boy. Why in the world did you put Casey above me? We have the same <laughs> record. If for nothing else, just for, you know, visual. Some, you know, come on. <laughs> he was in third last week. Because he has a better record this week, you put him in second? I went alphabetical order. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, we will make our picks Friday, uh, for the playoff games. We're going to wait on the Monday game till Monday night. Okay. Because you got to wait and see who's, because there'll be updated injury reports. Are we picking the championship? We should. Oh, we have to pick the championship. All right. Well, we we should probably do. We already know where we're going. You guys have made it clear. All right. All right, you guys are taking, and our final line, Paul, according 13. to Betfred, is 13. 13 is but, what we're right. going to stick at. 13 is the, the line we're declaring it right now. Are we making this a, like, a bigger, like, bigger deal? Because we're starting to run out of games. Is, is this going to no, be we the, got plenty, the multiplier? We got plenty of games. Yeah, we got we the got whole NFL postseason left. We got plenty of games. I see Casey wanted to make up I mean, we got there. five this week, and now six if you include this game, right? Yeah. As a national championship. Okay, there's six. Following weekend, we're going to be down to four games, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or no? Five, right? No, because you have the. Uh-oh. We're at six. Public and math then, here. Yeah, that, and then it goes to idea. four. Goes six, four. Yeah. We're two, talking about probably about 15 games. That's right. So we're okay. okay. We're, we're okay. All right. So I'm the only one. Just to make sure we're all on the record with us now. Yes. I am the only one of the three going yes. with. The Horn Frogs. Go Frogs. Tonight, right? Give it to us one more time, Tom. Go Frogs. Sonny Dykes, leader of men. Dub tonight. Not only covering, that's a dub tonight. Hmm. We'll see. You guys have been doubting the TCU. Who was the one talking about the Horn Frogs about week four of the college football season? After they shellacked Oklahoma, who it turned out Oklahoma was not their normal Oklahoma. 
But when they put up like 40-something on them in the first half, and that was a game where Sonny Dyke said he walked in that locker room and he expected to see a lot of guys celebrating uh, and already, you know, counting it as a win. Said the team was unbelievably focused. He said the following week, they're playing Kansas State. Conversely, they are down big at halftime. Said he walked in the locker room, thought he'd see some guys hanging their head. Said, nope, they were all focused. He said those two games, he knew that they had the potential for something special. And for, for Stetson Bennett, I mean, you think of all the great quarterbacks, the Heisman Trophy winners, all the guys in the college football playoff era. And that's going back to 2014. We only have one more year where that's going to be four teams and we go to 12 teams, I guess, the following year. But Stetson Bennett, of all the quarterbacks that have played in the college football era, okay, he has a chance to do something not a single one of them has ever done. And that's when back-to-back national championships. This guy coming out of high school wasn't recruited by anybody. He played at a junior college. He was a preferred walk-on at Georgia. He becomes a starter last year. They got that great defense. But he made plays when he had to make plays. He did the same thing coming back from behind 14 against Ohio State in the fourth quarter to beat them in the semis. It's an amazing story. It really is. I, I really wanted him to win the Heisman, too. Max Dugan. <clears throat> you wanted Max to win it, or you wanted the other guy to win it? You know what I will say? Go ahead, Casey. No, I just – I really wanted Max Dugan to win. Tom. Well, someone and his brother Max Duggan to win. Duggan, Dugan, whatever. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. I will say something. So if I call you Casey McAllister, it's the same thing? I've been called McAllister my whole life. I believe it. (laughs) Something that makes me very nervous about uh, about this game. Ugga's not traveling. Mm. Really? Makes me very nervous. He's old. Yeah, he is old. He's like eight, and that's old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They, you know, and, and I mean, that... They're, they've been through the years, some other Uggas. I think this is like Ugga eight nine. or nine. Yeah, He's I was going to say eight or nine, yeah. Um, and, and, and those dogs, they live like eight to ten years. So Ugga is up there, man. A cross-country trip would not do our good boy very well. Well, I, I just I ho- I hope and pray for the old boy. It makes me nervous. we all love our animals. We hope Ugga's okay. I have a feeling Ugga's living a pretty good life. Ugga looked tired at the semi. <laughs> I look tired every day of this show. Some would say the show's tired. Um, yeah. Boom Shakalaka says, Jimmy Duggan. <laughs> All right, I'm just I'm just double checking. Uh, some AJ says Ugga's gotten a little heavy. And no no nudicles for for Ugga. Surprised you're not going to be out there, Tom. You know, I, 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 um, this is one of those moments as a dad, you feel like in some ways, you know, you, you know, you, you wrestle with this kind of thing. And I mentioned, I have a daughter that's in college down there at TCU and loves it. She's a sophomore there. And, and, uh, 
I mean, it's it's an unbelievable place. And, you know, we were thinking about going to the, the semifinal game, but, you know, we were already down in Florida. And now here's a championship game out in L.A. You start with having to work, right? I got to be here tomorrow. Could have left probably today. Um, but when you start looking at the, the, the finances of the thing, I, I, you know, I really don't know who the people are that are able to go to these games. I mean, look, I've made a lot of money in my life. I mean, there was a time, you know, just a couple of years ago. But from Cincinnati, you're paying about $1,400 minimum round trip for an airline ticket from here to L.A., right? Yep. Your choices aren't that great. And the amazing thing is, even if you don't go direct, which there is a direct flight, I think there's one a day, but even if you're doing the whole stop thing, you're not getting any break on the price. Uh, at SoFi Stadium, uh, the, the best seat you're going to get where you can differentiate between players and ants in the upper deck is another twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500, right? Then you're going to have to Uber everywhere. Because last year, there were stories about the parking at SoFi for the Super Bowl where they were asking for two, three, four, five hundred dollars $500 to park. Wow. Right? So you're Ubering everywhere where well, you know what they're going to do, right? You would too if you owned Uber. You're going to jack up the prices on that deal, right? Then you go in a hotel. I mean, that is potentially a $10,000 trip for two people to go to that game. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Would you spend that money, Paul, if Xavier was in the national championship game? Yes. You'd spend 10 grand. If you had it, if you would I, spend 10 grand. It would take a lot for me to not go to a Xavier national championship game. It would take a, I mean. It, well, you would go, you would get to go, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, not to sound like I'm sitting here on a high horse, but I, I feel like, I feel pretty confident that if Xavier was playing a national championship, I would, I would be in there. Uh, but if it was, if it meant in this scenario, having to figure out a way as a fan to get there, um, yeah, I would, I would be there. The Super Bowl tickets. I, I tried to look at Super Bowl tickets, look at flights, everything. Boom shakalaka over getting a ring for your girl. Well, she went to Xavier too, so she would be there with me. Hey, by, by the way, uh, speaking of tickets and ticket prices and everything, now, I, I've not heard anything on the flip side, and I'm sure there is a flip side. But I, I talked to a lot of people who bought their tickets for that Bengals-Bills game. And apparently, whether it was Ticketmaster or whomever, right? I mean, they refunded people right now Yeah, for that yeah. game. People did get they their did. money back for that, yeah. Yeah, my, my I actually went to that game with my, my best man and I, and he got his, his back really fast. Well, so. I heard they gave uh, some an option, and maybe where you bought it is different. But I heard they gave you the option of they'd either give you the money back minus the whatever fees were involved, right? Or you could take all of that money, fee money included, plus some kind of um, additional amount of money to apply it to a ticket of an event at a later date. Did you guys hear that? I did not. That's did not. what I heard. I did not. I know a friend of mine that's happened with him. Did he take that deal? He did. He took that. Yeah, he took that. Yep. I'll be going to the uh, the playoffs this Sunday. 
You're, you're going? You're going? Or are you, you mean there's not another wait, wait, big wait, Chatterbox what? event? You're going? Yeah. I no, th this is not Chatterbox sanctioned. This is me and my, my best man and my future wife, my fiance. We're going to go to 226. So we're going to be right above where we were. Wow. All right. Good for you, Casey. Yeah. Wow. I was well, I will say this. The tickets were extremely cheap. They're only like 170 bucks. Oh, man. Well, when did you get them? 226 like no no when clever. did you get him oh like yesterday right after the game he messaged me and said hey are you in and i oh, said okay. yeah we're in I 170 bucks have you seen the prices now yeah i didn't look until after they announced it was sunday night football so all right fellas we're going to take a break real quick uh dan horde said he ran a little no, he's here he's, he's here? here okay all, yeah, right, if you right. Go to all him. right okay well let's get right to dan horde He's been scrambling around already on this Monday morning, despite the fact that he uh, he had a lot going on yesterday. Obviously, the Bengals game. Uh, Dan, your overall impression, thanks for your time as always. Um, we were talking earlier. I'm curious, from your point of view, it looked like there was a lot of sort of vanilla poking and prodding kind of thing by both teams, uh, knowing they more than likely were going to meet again this week. Did you feel that way broadcasting the game? Definitely after the Bengals took the 17-0 lead. I thought they really went vanilla at that point, and it showed. They had 10 drives after that. They kicked one field goal, seven punts, a lost fumble, a fourth and one where they didn't get the first down. So the offense was pretty lousy for the last 10 drives. I do think they went vanilla, and I hope that's the reason why they performed so poorly after getting off to a fast start. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow admitted he missed some throws and he had a couple of touchdown throws that he missed. And, and we never see Burrow do that. And he, he, you know, he's proven in college and in, in the pros in a short amount of time that uh, the bigger the stage, the better he is. Uh, I want to start, though, with uh, Alex Kappa. Uh, it, uh, is this potentially another guy who's gone for the rest of the year or at least another week? I would be shocked if he could play this week based on how things looked and how the guy sounded after the game. My fear is that it's for the rest of the playoffs. Um, and man, the timing could not be worse. They made it through 15 games where the same five guys started uh, all 15 on the offensive line. The right tackle goes down against the Patriots, Lael Collins, and now the right guard goes down in the final game of the regular season against Baltimore. So the notion of having Max Sharping and Hakeem Adeniji next to each other, really for the first time to open postseason play is a, a rough way to go into the playoffs, to say the least. What's your confidence level uh, of these guys? I mean, Adeniji, there was talk he was not even going to start two weeks ago that they were going to bring Isaiah Prince back in there. They decided to go with Adeniji. Uh, in the two games that you've seen him, well, really a game in, in less than a quarter, to be fair, uh, he did play a lot last year. Uh, what's your confidence level? What are his strengths? He's got good feet. He's a good athlete. He's got short arms, unfortunately, for the tackle position, which is why they tried him at guard last year. I do think he's played better at tackle than he did last year at guard. I think he's been okay uh, in the games that he's played because he played most of that New England game after uh, Lael Collins went down. So I think he's been all right, adequate, certainly not uh, as good as LC. As for Max Sharping, at least he's played a lot before. Yeah. He had 33 starts yeah. with the Houston Texans. So at least you're not plugging in a guy who's going to be overwhelmed. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. He's a, a sharp guy. <laughs> it's part of his last name, uh, but that's kind of his reputation. He's certainly going to know what he's doing out there, but 
Alex Kappa was their best offensive lineman this year. So if he is, in fact, done for the postseason, that would be a huge blow. Um, I asked Brian Billick a little while ago, Dan. He was calling, filling in. You probably saw him yesterday up in the press box level, calling the game for Ravens radio. Uh, he's proven over, over you know, the years and years and years that, that he doesn't see things necessarily through purple-colored glasses, so to speak. I asked him if he thought uh, there, there was some dirty play um, by the Ravens on offense yesterday. Those were some of the comments without naming names or particular situations that were coming out of the Bengals locker room yesterday. Did, 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 from where you sat broadcasting the game, did you feel like there was some extra stuff going on there? I didn't see anything specific, but there was a lot of post-play pushing and shoving. That was happening throughout the game. So it's always hard to tell who starts it uh, when that's the case. But the Bengals don't speak out the way they did after this game. And I thought Jay Morrison had some really good uh, comments from the players in his story in The Athletic this morning. They don't speak out like that unless something happened. So, again, I didn't specifically see it. It's hard to see stuff like that uh, when you're watching the game from press box level. But I have no doubt that it happened based on how candid the Bengals players were in talking about it after the game. You know, somebody made the point, Dan, I'm curious if you agree with this. Someone made the point that John Harbaugh must believe that the Ravens are better than the Bengals by the sheer fact that they had a chance – to get a home playoff game, depending on the coin flip, and they won yesterday. But he comes into Cincinnati knowing all that's on the line. He sits down Dobbins. He sits down Andrews. He sits down Zeitler. And we know Lamar Jackson's not in there. But he still feels like, okay, you know, we're not conceding the game, but we might be kind of conceding the game. Uh, And we'll take our chances with that team next week with everybody back. You buy that at all? Not at all. I I don't know how you would take one and come to the conclusion that John Harbaugh thinks that the Ravens are better. I think that the guys we're talking about have some sort of injury or have overcome injury during the course of the year, which is the case with J.K. Dobbins. He's only been back for four games uh, after missing a chunk of the season. So I think between players on the Ravens team that didn't want to play because they're dealing with injuries – you know, in Lamar Jackson's case, it's hard to tell what's going on there. They don't seem to know in Baltimore. Uh, he's missed the last five games. So I didn't take it that way at all uh, that John Harbaugh thought his team is better than Cincinnati. I think that uh, he's trying to put his team in the best possible position to pull off an upset next week. I'm curious, Dan, and you work for the team. I always preface uh, my comments before I ask you certain questions uh, when, it, when it comes to do with the franchise itself. I thought Katie Blackburn did a marvelous job going to bat for this franchise and that whole owner's uh, vote last week. Clearly, Zach Taylor, who you rarely see, sort of step out of the diplomatic mode. Uh, he's a very diplomatic, close to the vest kind of guy. But, but, but clearly, he was very upset uh, about the rules that were changed here right before the playoffs. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it now. But... You know, did, does, he made the comment that it shows that, that ownership is fully in support of the plight of the coaches and the players and all that kind of thing. Did you get that feeling it trickled down from top to bottom after last Friday? 
Sure, because Katie's on that committee and she fought very hard for the NFL not to just randomly change the rules. Randomly is the wrong word, but you know what, I, I, what I'm saying. The yeah. NFL does not make rule changes a week before the playoffs. Everything is considered. Everything is discussed. And then they make rule changes in the offseason. And that's what the Bengals were fighting for. The rules already existed for the potential of some teams playing a different number of games than other teams. Those rules are written in the book. You can read them online. It's available on the uh, you know NFL website. So that's the Bengals' contention. And there was a scenario where the Bengals could have benefited if they had wound up playing a neutral site AFC championship game against Kansas City. So there was one tiny sliver of a chance that the change that the uh, NFL made last week could have helped them out. But that wasn't their point. Their point is you ask us to follow every other rule in the book. And now because of this situation, you are changing the rules in a way that most likely could hurt us. So that was their uh, bone of contention. I think the coaches and players appreciated the fact that Katie did everything in her power to try to make sure that the NFL didn't do that. All right, Dan, I want to ask you this before I let you go. Um, You watch this team play every single play, every single game for years and years and years. We know what they did last year. They had a home playoff game against the Raiders, had to go on the road and beat Tennessee, go on the road and beat Kansas City. Uh, Here you have the Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, In theory, you'd have to go to Buffalo. You'd have to go to Kansas City. Uh, When you compare the two teams last year and what is facing potentially this team this year, which one is a tougher road, the one they faced last year or the one they're potentially facing this go-round? Well, the opponents would be more difficult this year, Uh, not not necessarily in the first playoff game, but going on the road to Buffalo, to me, seems much more challenging than going on the road last year to Tennessee uh, when Derrick Henry hadn't played for an extended period of time and the Titans were not that great anyway. They were good. Obviously they, they battered Joe Burrow in the course of that game, but last year's Tennessee team as a number one seed is not as good as this year's Buffalo team as a number two seed. Kansas city. I think it's about the same uh, last year as this year. So I guess the big difference would be the second game. If the Bengals are fortunate enough to win on Sunday night. And if Buffalo takes care of business against Miami. All right, Danny, as always, thanks for your time. I know you're crazy busy with everything going on with UC basketball now and into the Bengals, but you will be there on Sunday night, my man. It's a big-time game. Good luck to you, and thanks for your time, buddy. Yeah, my pleasure. Sorry I was a little bit late. Look forward to joining you again. Come on, we're grateful to have you. Thank you so much, Dan Horde, voice of the Bearcats, voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, who will start their playoff run, boys, Sunday night. I'm excited. The Baltimore Ravens. What's your gut reaction right now, Tom, to the Bengals win on Sunday? My gut reaction is yes, but I got to tell you, um, I'm a little worried about this game. And I haven't been worried about a Bengals game in a while. They're playing that well and have been playing that well. They've won eight in a row and they've looked great doing it. But I am very, very worried about this game Sunday night. I think the Ravens, I brought up earlier about your divisional opponents. I think the Ravens are playing with a major chip on their shoulder. You could say the Bengals are, too, because of the rules that were changed last Friday. Uh, The Bengals now potentially are are facing 
Uh, Baltimore, a good, solid Baltimore defense. Not a great defense, but a solid defense um, without potentially two, for sure one, maybe two uh, starting offensive linemen. Could make the argument their best two starting offensive linemen once the season got going. Collins was playing very well. He goes down against New England. Now Kappa, who's played great all year long. That leaves you with Karras. That leaves you with uh, the rookie Bolsom at left guard. And then you got Jones. Jonah uh, at left tackle. And, and look, are these two guys uh, potentially good players at energy? Yes. Um, Sharping started 33 games with Texas. I don't know what that means, except he has a lot of experience. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to show up this week. Andrews will be back. Dobbins will be back. Zeitler will be back. I'm a little concerned. Casey, I'm assuming you're not. I'm, I'm still believing that the team will win. I just checked some of the grades on PFF. They just released some of them. Uh, Max Sharping actually was the highest graded lineman. I know that was he only had 14 snaps, it says here. So not much to grade off of, but he played well when he had to step in. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the only thing I'm nervous about is I just don't want to see another playoff run where Joe Burrow is running for his life. I mean, we got to have some offensive power, right? Like, we got to – our defense is – I'm not too worried about the defense. Um, th this game in particular, I'm not worried about. I'm, I'm already looking to the future. I shouldn't do that. But to answer your question, the buzzer should have already went off at this point. Uh, I'm not worried, but I think this is going to be a very grinded out tough match. And that usually leads to – Lots of bumps and bruises, so. Well, you know, if that is the case, and I think we all agree, I, I still maintain, I don't know what, and again, I, it's hard to put a lot of stock in the game yesterday, and especially the play calling in the second half, as Dan brought up. I just don't see the Bengals being able to run the ball anymore. I, you know, I, they cannot turn into this team and expect to win with the weather and the conditions they're going to face. You can't sling it around 45 times in a game. And three-quarters of the time, they're going empty backfield, five receivers, and when they try to run it, they barely ever run it well. I think that's a concern. You worried about the game? Uh, I'm a little concerned, but I'm not all that worried. I think, all right. I do think they get it done. I, I'm, I'm more concerned about playing the Ravens than I would be against the Chargers or the Jaguars. I think that this is a game that the Ravens absolutely can win. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of people bet on the Bengals. And I think that it's going to end up being a game where the Ravens are going to come down to it and they're going to have a shot. Um, but again, I go back to what I said earlier about the first time the Bengals and the Ravens played each other this year, where I think the Bengals very much could have won that game and probably should have won that game. And I, two weeks in a row, I know there's a lot that's going to be different about this Sunday than, than yesterday, but I, I still just have this gut feeling that Cincinnati gets it done. I got to tell you, I started this regular season by hammering Zach Taylor and specifically what he did with the offensive line or more accurately did not do with the offensive line in the preseason. And they were brutal the first two games of the year. 
both losses. They win one of those two games, they might be sitting on the number one seed right now in the playoffs, and they'd be off this week. But, and after some very questionable play calling, especially in that first game against Baltimore, the nonsense down inside the five, shovel pass to a guy who hadn't touched a ball all year long on fourth down, where they get stopped, should have won that game. But I will say this. When you look back over the course of this year, and he's put together an outstanding staff, the offensive line coach, Anna Rumo, the defensive coordinator. They went through the death of an assistant coach in Adam Zimmer. Um, Zach Taylor uh, is starting to win me over a little bit. And that's saying something. Because I have not been, I've not been a big Zach Taylor guy. Now, I'm not all in. But I'm saying he has shown me some things, especially when it comes to stepping up and having something to say. Some of the stuff he did with that gladiator video over the weekend. I love stuff like that. If you didn't see that story, dropped guys' heads in there like from the scenes of different portions of gladiator, right? Yeah. You know, um, some people think that stuff's hokey. That's fine. I, I think if you're a coach and you're trying to find an edge for your team, um, Zach Taylor has done a hell of a job with this team this year. Kept them focused. When Chase went down, they went, what, 3-1 and one without Chase? Yep. Yeah. The only one that, that was the last game they lost was against Buffalo. Or, uh, sorry, against Cleveland. Haven't lost since. So, you know, I got to say, uh, he has, uh, and some of our chat, um, you know, those in the chat, uh, feel the same way, I think, as I do um, about Zach Taylor. He... He's shown a different side of himself than maybe he was allowing himself to show for the rest of us, the players. And the staff clearly saw that side of him. But now we're starting to see a side of him where, you know, he wasn't afraid to take on the NFL. You got to love stuff like that, right? You got to love it. He, he, I mean, he, you know, his owner of the franchise went to bat for the team and then Taylor backed it right back up in his press conference about the rules that were changed and following the rules and we're following the rules and you tell us to follow the rules and then you change the rules. But now all that's old news, boys. It's time to team up. It's a lot like tonight in college football's national championship game. Reed Mouse is wearing the Chatterbox Sports sweatshirt. Yeah. And our leader, leader of men, Trace Fowler has let us down. With that tired, so tired, Georgia Bulldog nonsense. How can a man be a Georgia Bulldog fan, a Kansas basketball fan, and a Green Bay Packer fan for a guy who grew up right down the street? How is that possible, Paul? Do you see anything at all? that is interwoven of those three teams, if there's one common thread they have, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Green Bay Packers, notwithstanding the loss last night, but historically speaking, especially since Trace has been old enough to figure out who he's going to root for. Do you see anything in there that is woven? Is there one word that comes to mind? Maybe it's two words. I'm not sure. But is there one word that comes to mind and, oh, by the way, Kansas basketball has been pretty good for about 100 years. 
So anything common? I think Google is saying that it's one word. It is. I think it's one word. You know on what Google. the word is. I know what the word what is. What is it? Front runner. Thank you. <laughs> Hyphenated? Is it one word? No, it's no, a, just one it word. says front runner emerges for number one transfer, and it's one word unhyphenated. Speaking of letting them down, Tom, Trace let you down yesterday. We had an extra ticket to the game sitting there in the end zone. We, we had this empty seat sitting right there, and we're like, where's Tom? Everyone was wondering, where's Tom? Well, you know, when I you get wondering. the invitation, uh, everybody else is dancing around here uh, on Wednesday and Thursday about you guys all going to the game, and you, by the way, were there too. I was. All right. And then all of a sudden, I get some random text from Trace on a Friday when I sent him, you know, my thoughts and prayers about Bentley. Uh, his dog. Um, and, you know, oh, by the way, you know, we got an extra ticket for you. Oh, that was a pity invite. It really was. It was. It was only because I humiliated him or at least someone who was responsible for sending out the invitations that, Casey, did you go? Yeah, I went. With Chatterbox. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, I was there with Chatterbox. Uh, Brandon? Yes. Heads up, mustache still going strong. You've acknowledged you were there. Right right next to me was an open seat. Okay, we just sat so, right next to Tom. So what is the, again, you want to look up? Is there, is there a word? This is two words, according to Google, that would pertain to this situation. So there's Casey, there's Paul, there's Brandon, there's Reed, there's Trace. And then there's me. And you know what the next two words are? Left out. Mm. Those are two different words. That's not one word. It's okay. All right. Do we have a, a cherry on top? We do. We do. Okay. Play the Brought hits. to you by United Dairy Farmers. What is it? Play the hits. Tom? Yes. Oh, Lord, what the hell is going on over here? All right, yes, what is it? Today's cherry on top yeah. is just a celebration. Yes, good stuff. Do it. Oh, yeah. Look at this guy. The Smoking cigars. Man. Look at that. We're celebrating. AFC North champs, baby. AFC North champs. First time since the 1980s and only the second time in franchise history. Conquered the AFC North. You a stogie guy, Tom? Every now and again, why not? I like one. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have a brand of choice? No, I, no. the cheap kind you buy. You know, I'm not going to spend any money on a, on not a those you? Are you, are No, you, are no, you, gosh, no? no. No? Okay. I care about my lungs too the much. The cheap kind. Or, or not, not at all. No, never. Not at all. Reed Trace? was offered a cigar one time by Joe Mixon. Turned it down. Joe Mixon offered you and you oh, turned yeah. it down? This yeah, so here's, here's a fun story. So I was, I was driving into Party Source right there in, in Tracy Jones' hometown, Bellevue, Kentucky. Yep. And I'm pulling in, and I see, I see this tall guy. And I was like, is that Joe Mixon? And, of course, me being a Bengals fan, I followed him around Party Source for sure. a good, good five minutes. Sure, and I was absolutely. like, all right, that's, I need to leave. Let, let him shop. So I go get my thing. We're checking out. He's bought, like, 200 cigars, and they're – Ringing them up one at a time. He's not buying boxes. He's buying individual cigars. You're and just, kidding me. Just ringing them up. And I, like, make the joke. I'm sitting right behind him. I was like, you buying those for all the rookies? And he looks at me and he goes, nah, just for the boys back at the crib. And then he hands me one. He's like, you like cigars? These are my favorite. And he hands me one. And I look at it. And for some reason, it didn't click in my mind that he was 
offering me a cigar. He puts it in my hand and said, these are my favorite. And I look at it, inspected it, and said, yeah, it looks pretty good. And handed it right back to him. Didn't even, I turned down a cigar that Joe Mixon was offering me just because. And, the, and then Bengals lost the Super Bowl. Then they did lose the Super Bowl. That's all me. Not good. Not good. That's all me. Not good. That is on you. That is on Maybe you can go stalk him. I think that's the word they're using in the chat. You could stalk him again. If uh, they can blow through the AFC again. Yes, Paul. Cardinals just fired Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, you knew that was coming. You know what's coming. Um, you know, we'll get into this tomorrow. But you, w- we talked about this before the first game of the year when that whole contract situation with Kyler Murray came up. How that thing got leaked out, I don't know. But you may remember it was in his contract where clearly they were questioning some of his commitment to try and get better and how much time he was spending in the film room or not spending in the film room and ended up getting out. And then the whole debacle by everybody involved, the franchise, Murray, Kingsbury, Kime, their general manager. Did he survive? The general manager? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Been a lot of talk about him. He's had some health problems this year. Um, Tom, we're going to give you a chance to change your pick. Lance Miller's reporting in our chat that Andy Dalton's going to be giving the pep, the pep talk to TCU before they storm the field and try to take on Georgia in the national championship. Do you want to change I'm your pick? I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I'm not. Because I'm rooting for TCU, and I, I love Andy Dalton. I love Andy, too. Yeah. If you yeah. offered me a cigar, I'd take it. Andy Dalton instead of Joe Mixon? I'm, I'm just teasing. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for Box Lunch, gentlemen. Um, schmoin flip? What's that mean? Coin flip, schmoin flip. Forget about it. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's Reader's take on the coin flip situation. I still have a little bit of an, uh, a little bit of a grudge with the coin flip situation yep. obviously the, the good news is, is as, as you've pointed out uh, of all of these teams that I'm fans of one is not some of the local teams so there's you know I think that I can hold an opinion without be calling a homer which again I do live in Cincinnati so there's gonna always be those folks that'll say he's just saying that because he's from there or whatever yeah. but at the same time I do think the coin flip was a debacle on Friday I believe in a lot of Casey's points I don't know if Casey made uh, his points um, maybe as eloquently as I would like to have, have made them, but he was very passionate and he was very, very topical. And I thought it was a good show. Yep. Um, but not that people care about who I root for, but we've gone down this path before. And I know some of this is a bit. And um, we'll continue. Um, but you know, when you, when you grow up in a household where your stepdad's dad, so your step grandfather and your step uncle um, played at the university of Georgia and also played for the green Bay Packers, you don't have much of a choice when okay. you grow up on who to watch. As far as Kansas goes, that one is probably my front-runner um, team. I just like Kern Heinrich and Nick Collison when I was, a, you know, for lack of a better term, a little white kid running around trying to be a basketball player at right. the time. And I idolized those two guys. So I just started following their career, and then all of a sudden, you know, you started liking the players because they graduated, and it just kind of stuck. So there's, those are the right. kind of the re- realities. I'm still stuck with the Reds. If I could find a way to where some some of my uh, relatives could possibly play for another franchise from time to time, I wish that was the case. But that's not it. So here I am. I'm stuck as a Reds fan. But as far as the ticket goes, I'm not going to stand for that. Here's why. Because I did have a ticket for you the whole time. 
I had heard on the Thursday show that you said that you were going to the game. So no, I said, see, here we go. No, 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 no. <laughs> I had heard you said you were already going to the game. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I guess we're going to have to figure out something with Tom's ticket. Here we but go. But before I offered the ticket to someone else, I sent you a text and said, would you like it? And you just completely ignored it, which is fine. Which is fine. You think about is that, that true? Is that true? Did you ignore an invitation to the game? Scene? It was one of those deals where you knew it was like the, 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 you know, the, the girl who's invited late to the prom. You knew what the deal was, and, you know, you just kind of took it, and you, you, you move on. Here I felt bad for you because I thought you didn't get invited. Now I, I said you... he invited me after the fact. I admitted that from the very start of this conversation. Blow, blowing him off. We had a ticket for you, Tom. That's right. After after it had been documented. Uh, have we mentioned, by the way, before we get to these guys, because it wouldn't be off the bench without miss, without mentioning Discord. Discord, baby. It's popping. It is this your idea, Reed? Discord? No. No, it's not. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's good stuff, Tom. We need you in there. We need you in there. All right. That's Tom, the, you do like the chat so much that I think that, that one of two things could happen with Discord. You get it, you're like, okay, from time to time I'll pop in there. Or the worst case scenario is you get hooked. And you're like, I got to get in the Discord. I got you. I got to start, start checking out what everybody's thinking and saying. I got to give some people some thoughts from time to time. I will say I've been incredibly cold in the Discord on my picks. The coldest I've ever been. Which, hey, does, it's all irrelevant because tonight I am putting an absolute responsible amount of course but a ridiculous amount on georgia all right well that's where yep. this part of our program comes to an end and we start a beginning yep and the only thing we can say is as we send it to box lunch go frogs